Oh, for instance, John Client Third of Episode One Hundred and One of Effect of Shadow and Flame with Magic the Podcast, and today we're going to review issue forty-two of Excalibur. So let's get to it. Burr, 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 burr. And this is um, Excalibur forty-two. It came out in October of nineteen ninety-one. The cover has. The cast, which is a uh, Lockheed Shadowcat, Nightcrawler, um, squanting, squanting on the ground while holding Rachel's leg, which seems very intimate. Uh, Rachel, rigid, freaking out. Captain Britain and Megan, with little duck characters yelling at them, prepare to die. Uh, it says the richest return, the riotous return of you know who. And this would have cost you a dollar and seventy-five cents, two hundred and fifteen cans, or ninety-five pence. This is comic code approved. And the bottom left corner is Captain America turning fifty years old from nineteen forty-one to nineteen ninety-one. So, remember in a year that ends with a one, just know that Captain America is celebrating a nice round number. <clears throat> and this year, uh, Wolverine turns 50, so that's fun. Which, of course, means next year, in 2025, Storm, Nightcrawler, Thunderbird, and Ileana all turn 50. Inside cover ad is for Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, the video game for both Game Boy and Nintendo. They're very yellow graphics. The old pier, Brighton, England, currently home of Gatecrashers Technic, a group of interdimensional mercenaries. And Gatecrasher is losing her mind at the moment. She thinks she's achieving something. Um, as lightning has struck an antenna, and she's created a device that's going to finally help them capture Rachel because Opal Luna Saturnine has still... They still have a bounty uh, they're trying to collect for Rachel. And the rest of the Technic is ready to move on to a new leader as Gatecrasher cannot get them to do anything and they're currently banished to Earth. Oh, I should say, I think I bought this from Mile High Comics, but I, I, my version of this is in near mint condition, so that's nice. I gotta keep it safe. <clears throat> and then it's, she says, Behold! Excalibur doesn't stand a chance. We begin our operation at dawn and we see a golden egg. And the title is called A Hatch is Plotted. Alan Davis is the writer, penciler. Mark Farmer is the inker. Michael Heisler is the letterer. Glennis Oliver's colors, so you know this looks beautiful. Terry Cavanaugh is the editor. Tom DeFalgo is editor-in-chief. And Excalibur created by Chris Claremont and Alan Davis. And the team description is the powerful Captain Britain, the shape-changing Megan, the intangible Shadowcat, the swashbuckling Nightcrawler, the mysterious Phoenix, the ever-unpredictable Widget, and Lockie the Dragon forge the fires of their tragic past. They have banded together to fight a modern-day crusade against the forces of evil. Stanley presents Excalibur. It's a shame Lockie doesn't get a fun description, but I guess he gets the dragon. So you know. The Excalibur Lighthouse shortly after dawn, a news reports claiming, or not claiming, but stating that Excalibur helped a uh, 
33 passengers, uh, oh yeah, a train was derailed and Excalibur helped out. Nightcrawler's, um, not amused as they're not referencing at all the other 150 rescue workers who all helped out, but Captain Britain saying that whoever, oh yeah, Mr. Openton Smythe is clearly using Excalibur to promote his own political agenda. <clears throat> Which I think is supposed to be a setup for what's going to happen later in this issue. And I don't think it's a reference to any real world scenario. But we see the team sitting around a very small kitchen. Like, you know, the kitchen has the sink and the oven. Megan's making um, boiled eggs. Nightcrawler has his hand, his head in his hands. Captain Burton's rubbing the back of his neck. His mask is on the counter next to him. Rachel's having her head down like she's playing set, heads up, seven up. Kitty has her arms behind her head and her legs kicked up on the table. Everyone has mugs. Lockheed's in a cute little ball and Widget's also sleeping. Just his head on the table, but he's just a floating head in a way. And Kurt's saying how the rescue workers don't have powers, and so they're far more heroic. Because Brian's saying that they have powers, so they're new, more newsworthy. And it's like, oh, Kurt, like, what are you doing? It's just a voice on the radio. And Kurt's like, boiled egg, Kurt? Oh, yeah, because Kurt's like, exactly, Brian. It makes me feel like a, a, a boiled egg, Kurt? Huh? One or two? Megan's asking. One, Denke. Kitty, Rachel? And Kitty's like, just toast, please, Megan. Like, Megan, don't be making people food. Like, they're all in the kitchen. <laughs> and Rachel's saying, same here, but liquidize it. I'm too tired to chew. And they all just look like amazing Alan Davis characters. Like, different body portions, different heights, different smiles. Like, I don't know, Alan Davis, what a legend. And then one of the eggs just screams out of the bowl, um, the pot going like, yeah, ha, ha, ha. And it's bouncing around. Kurt's like, duck, as Kurt get, or as, uh, Brian gets hit right in the nose by the egg. And the whole cast is just like, uh. And Brian's like, I'll just have some toast. And then we hear from the egg, boy, you'd cook my goose, eh? And he's quack. And there's a duck with HBH on it, on its chest. And he's like, well, you don't get rid of hardboiled Henry that easily. Prefer to meet your dome. And everyone's just like, uh, and he's a tiny, tiny duck. Like, slightly bigger than the egg he hatched out from. I have been chosen by the sublimely brilliant, incredible, magnificent, invincible gate crusher. So we can't do it. Like, so all the R's or W's, unless the word ends are um, an R, I guess. And Megan's like, gate crasher? To strike a blow and will will wall your defeat in one second. I guess the L's are W's too, huh? And Kurt is quick to be a Rachel Schneel, it's a And then As soon as he can say bomb by dramatic turn page boom and the light tower is just exploded. 
the foundation is still there, but every single window is blown out. So there's four on the right side and one on the basement side. And then the tower, the lighthouse portion of the above is ex like exploded. And great gate crashers quite impressed with what she has done until someone's like, uh, isn't the contract to bring her in alive and not kill her? And Gatecrash is quick to be like, well, we're bounty hunters, so ruthless bounty hunters, dead or alive, it's the same thing. And they're like, we don't think so. We're going to get in a lot of trouble here. So then they all teleport over. Body bags, the perfect custodian. His species preserves their prey in a narcotic membrane that paralyzes all but the most essential body functions. As he, like, goos up Rachel to get put into his back. But before he can, Kitty is just roundhouse kicking everyone and phasing so she can't be con um, touched. Until finally, um, alas, Scatterbrain doesn't need to make physical contact with Shadowcat to fire every neural synapse and expand her consciousness through infinity. And so Kitty goes down. As Captain Burton engages the Technic Brawlers, Feral 2... And Thug, which you, no wonder I don't have Thug's um, name memorized in my head, but he's one of the more identifiable ones. He's the short, stout one with the green face and big old arms. And Feral 2 has four arms, so I guess maybe that's where the two comes. Arms squared. He is targeted in turn by Joy Boy, who can perceive the heart's fondest desire and twist it savagely and give it nightmarish reality. Unfortunately, the process... Requires intense concentration. He is easily distracted as Kurt, like, kicks his baby, his floating baby crib. Um, well, I guess it's more of a bassinet. Whereas the mirror's test from waxwork causes Nightcrawler's disciplined body to lose all rigidity. And waxwork is a, I don't know, horrible looking, like, pink person with, like, six squid arms but then two like human legs and then his body's like a giant pink egg with red eyes that are the same almost as full length of the egg shape and china doll caresses quickly reduces megan's stature which must be weird for a shapeshifter is it like well then i'm just gonna grow tall again and then What the cute guy with the big green, the big green guy with the big yellow eyes, he's like self non combatant, designated financial accountant. And Brian's like, Well, I've never met an accountant who didn't expect a percentage of everything his clients got, and like just punches him straight in the gut. It's the green guy who later like romances that dragon who went on the time caper. And then that guy falls onto Thug. And then Gate Crasher starts like pummeling Brian's face, and all of a sudden she stops mid punch. And Brian's like, huh? And all the um, Technic are now frozen in spot. And Ra Kitty's like, Rachel? As Lockheed and Widget both look at Rachel as well, and she's like, it wasn't me. And we see a guy walk through a portal. It was I. Good morning, brave souls. I am Horatio Cringebottom from the Ministry for Cross-Time Transport Regulation, Monitor and Control, Sanction Implementation Department. 
Operating Charter authorized by Magistrix Opal Luna Saturnine by decree of the Supreme Omniversal Guardian Roma, Roma daughter of Merlin, sovereign of Otherworld. And this is Bert. And Bert's like, hi We are charged to prosecute a writ concerning no, numerous violations of interdimensional transit regulations. I place the technic in status to prevent any unpleasant trees. And then Kurt thinks he's there to arrest the technic. And he's like, no, 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 you misunderstand. We're we're here for Widget. And Bert grabs Widget, like freezes him, and then starts doing like experiments on him. And Kitty's like, hold it, you can't. And this is one of those issues where it's like, clearly Alan Davis, who's now the writer in charge, is, I don't know, I guess trying to hint of us what Widget's origins are, but clearly these are, we're not leading up yet to who Widget really is. And Cringebaum says, please, I would not relish placing you in status. Bert acts only to determine how the entity functions so that we may prevent further pan-dimensional disruption. And Rachel's like, yeah, Saturnine's already reprogrammed him, like, months ago, back in Excalibur 30 and 37. And she says, the entity has continued to disrupt the continuum. Oh, and Kzar 11, which I look up Kzar 11, and for whatever reason, Kitty's not in that issue, nor is Lockheed, so no wonder I've never gotten it. But I own, like, an Avengers issue purely because they reference Excalibur, so I'm like, I wonder why I didn't make Kazar into my collection, but I don't know. Lady Phoenix, I am indeed honored to make your acquaintance. I meant to say the initial reprogramming was insufficient. And now um, Bert's going to start experimenting on Widget. And Rachel's confused by why they're calling her Lady Phoenix. Like she's royalty, but at the same time, Saturnine has a contract out to arrest her, so it's like, well, wouldn't, if an agent of Saturnine come here to arrest Widget, wouldn't she also just arrest Rachel right there? It doesn't make any sense. Because then Brian's like, bureaucracy in action. The right hand doesn't know what the left is doing. And Kurt's like, it must be more than that. I am sure Saturnine saw through Rachel's disguise when we were met on the hub. And Katie's like, that's right, if she let Rachel go then, why is Gatecrasher still trying to capture her? And Cringebomb's like, ahem, sorry to interrupt, we were wondering if you might supply some information as to Widget's origins. And then there's an ad here for the Sega Genesis Spider-Man game, leading the 16-bit revolution. Uh, his internal composition is Bert baffled, and we see Widget's been torn apart with like a bunch of like brown nonsense in the middle of his metal head. And Megan's like, Murder, you killed Widget. And he's like, Negatory, it's safe in a no time suspicion field. And Curtis Bottom's like, Please don't be alarmed. Despite Bert's uncloth appearance, he's among the elite of temporal cyberlatively technicians. Bert, explain your findings. And Bert's like, the outer casings compose a low-grade chrome steel. Stress analysis assesses it was shaped by hand. No welding, pinning, or joints. And Kitty says, that puzzled me for months. What held the plates together? 
a functioning hyperwave pulse in an electronic magnetic field. Oh, right. The casing contains a sludge of organic soup, primarily decomposing baking beans and apple core. Primitive transistor components, a rubber spider, a key. What could animate this conglomeration? There is a highly active energy matrix, nothing I can quantify. It has no reliance on the arrangements of the components. Krenzbaum's like, is it a life force? And there's a double page spread here that you can call 1-900-288-X-Men and Battle of the X-Men's Deadliest Enemies, which I remember at the time wanting to call the number, but being like $1.75 for the first minute, 75 cents each additional minute, maximum call four minutes. I don't know why I didn't register the maximum call, so just five bucks. I wonder why I couldn't at least do it once. Nowadays, I'll probably be like, all right, Walker. I put it on a speakerphone, and let's hear you do the thing. Try to make some content with it. And Bert continues, that's a job for the metaphysics department. The only life I can categorize is the fungi and bacteria in this goop. Best bet of implant a... G9543 backslash CV number 7 and put widget back together ratio. An elegant solution, Bert. And Kitty's like, wait, if you can't understand widgets works, then how do you know that won't harm them? It's a passive nexus with a logistic integrity. In English. Okay, consider for a moment the radio stations here. The air is filled with their transmissions, but each broadcast on a different wavelength. Like, clearly Alan Davis has done some research into, like, this is the world I'm building. <laughs> and so, I, I thought it out, and this is what we're going to do. To receive a particular station, you walk, match the wavelength to the receiver with that of the transmitter. A similar principle governs the multiverse. All the alternate realities occupy the same physical space, but each resonates on a different vibrational plane. Moving from one plane to another, it's simply a matter of synchronizing an individual resonance with a particular plane. So this is the English scenario. The G9543CV number 7 remains dormant unless it precedes cross-time flux. Then it simply concentrates the entity's resonance with the reality's preventing transit. But in every other way, in which it re, um, reforms... Which it would be exactly as he was. A highly successful operation, if I do say so myself. And Kitty's like, I don't like the way Widget looks. Stand clear. All, all the. It, it's time to pack my gear. He seems odd. A touch of post-operative trauma. Nothing to worry about. Don't you want to f know how the, the workbench fits into the toolbox? Because it's a giant machine that's going to like a lunchbox size thing. No, I'm more concerned with what you've done with Widget. Compassion, I like that in my women. And Grinchbaum's like, come along, Bert. You know regulations forbid fertilizing with lower life forms. Sorry, babe. Maybe next time. Milaki goes, grr. She says, grr. And this would be the panel I post on um, Twitter and Instagram at SNFWM. It only remains to apologize for the, any inconvenience. And Brian's like, your intervention was perfectly timed. We were taking a beating. Incidentally, we are a bit puzzled by Gatecrasher's attack. This may explain Captain Britain 616. The Omniversal Magistrix asks that you present it to Gatecrasher when the status wears off. You have five minutes to prepare yourselves. Give the portly past the thump for me. Cheerio now. Oh yeah, because they've been... 
and I, I chose not to discuss it too much, but Kitty say some, makes some weight comments about gay crasher that does not age well. I like to think that even then I was like, that's unnecessary. And Brian's like, if we get into a position now, we might be able to punch out the strongest technique as soon as they thaw. Nine, Captain. Brian, brains before brawn. I have an idea that requires nothing more than a little creative reorganization. And in less time than it takes to tell. He's like, perfect. What now? Now we stand well back and wait for status to wear off, which should be any second now. And then the whole, is that classic freezing time gag where, you know, they come back and they, everyone just punches each other or lightning blasts the other. And Excalibur laughs, including Lockheed, who has, even has his little hand over his face. And Gatecrasher is not excited. And this is the other panel I post too. Go ahead, give us a real laugh. Try and take us while we're conscious, Rachel says. And all of Excalibur is ready for a fight. <clears throat> and then Brian hands um, the message over to Gatecrasher. And we all hear it. You are notified. Oh yeah, it's Saturnine. You are notified hearing with the warrant concerning the Phoenix host is rescinded. But under the termination clause of your contract, you have no entitlement to monetary compensation. But, and the Technics exile to Earth 616 is extended indefinitely. But, and then the, uh, Saturday night ends the message, and don't be stupid enough to plead with this holographic recording. But, but, and that little yellow guy keeps calling her mother, and she hates it. But now she's just like, yeah, get us out of here. Because now the technic's upset with her. And Kitty says, well, that's one mystery solved. Saturday night has left, let you off the hook. I'm not so sure. Why does she want me? Why did she cancel the warrant? Rachel says. She's rocking that bullet. And the red outfit, the spikes on it. And Kurt says, Worry tomorrow, Rachel. We will all think more clearly after a long sleep. Brian's like, If we have anywhere to sleep, and he points to the lighthouse that's still smoking. And the big green guy's like, Oh, petition compromise. They can't still want to fight, Rachel says. Brian's like, I don't trust that big one. And they're saying, why don't... Yeah, and Thug's like, what if we were wondering if you'd like us to repair the damaged tower and all we ask in return is for food and shelter? And Brian's like, you're nuts. You blew our home apart. Try to kill us. Now we're meant to adopt you? And Thug's like, but we, we'd be homeless, dissolute. And um, Joy Boy's crying now. Oh, you get the bullpen bulletins, which has the August cool meter, which I always loved as a kid reading this. So top is cool, and we get closer to uncool. So Terminator 2, James Brown, Jeeps, Adventures of Captain America, Billards, King, Kim Basinger, Mondo Marvel the Talk Show, which I don't know what that is, Bagels, Global Warming, Robin Hood, Star Trek The Next Generation, Generation. Laser Kiroti? K-I-R-O-K-E? I don't know. Polo shirts. So I think we're in the uncool now. Flossing. Bungee jumping. The metric system. <laughs> Andrew Dice Clay. TV talk shows. Yuppies. Hudson Hawk. Which I remember liking, so I don't know. Skateboards. Political correctness. 
record albums, Day Glow Clothes, The Crosby Show, which is like, yikes, very uncool, Nuclear Winter, and McLean Stevenson, who I don't know who that is, though. And Megan's like, oh, Brian, the baby's crying. All the more reason not to have him around anyway. It's not a baby. It's a super-powered alien. That, Brian, is why we must care for the technic. We must? Yes, until we decide a more satisfactory solution, Kurt continues. Who knows what mischief the technic might create left to their own devices. They are unpredictable and potentially very dangerous. And Kitty's like, no choice, really. And Rachel's like, Kurt's right. Okay, okay, but I think it's a big mistake. And Maggie says, oh, thank you, Kurt. You always know how to get around Brian. And then she brings Kurt's face to her lips and gives him a big old kiss. And Kurt's like, Megan, you will give your boyfriend the wrong idea. Don't be silly. Brian isn't the jealous type, as we see. Brian is very much the jealous type. Meanwhile, on a slightly different wavelength, ERF. One of the chain of infinite alternate Earths that coil through the multi multiverse. Time flows more quickly here than in our reality, so this is an ancient world in the twilight of the planetary life. But age does not bestow serenity. The eternal conflict between good and evil continues. And there's a cloak droid harassing the people. And then Kai Loon shows up and just slashes, or, or no, throws a knife at the droid who just dies immediately. And everyone's like, the legendary Kai Loon. He's like, cold steel and brave heart are all it takes. The droids are nothing but hot air. I am Kylan. And they're like, teach us to fight. We will join you. We're going to die anyways. <laughs> Lead us to freedom. Yes, victory be ours. And Excalibur will pay for the devastation they unleash on this world. Next issue, home comforts or who exploded the toilet. Which I guess we'll review next year. And we got letters from Graham Winnick of Scotland. Um, Elvis Orton from Dawson Springs, Kentucky. Vaughn Prickett from Phoenix, Arizona. So Arizona represent. Brent Bodgen from Huntington Beach, California. Tim Cook from Quincy, Illinois. Tommy Hackett from Honolulu, Hawaii. Brand Bradford Paulson from T Tucson, Arizona. So two Arizona letters. Then we get meet 15 more Marvel registered zombies of Joseph Evans. 16 from Davis, California. Mark, Mark Martin, 40 from San Francisco, California. Gary Zoom, 17 from Athoff, California. I wonder how they got people's ages. Tony Rubbles, 19 from Oakland, California. BN Wan, 22 from Santa Cruz, California. Josh Ham, 20, also from San Francisco. Andy Schwartz, 29, from Martinez, California. Maria D'Aquipa, 20, from Emmerville, California. A lot of California people. Actually, they're all from California now. Uh, Revel Thomas, 13, from Albany. Walter Schoenleiber, 19, from San Francisco. Gerald Lee, 15, from Oakland. Derek Reed, 16, from Berkeley. J.D. Maynard, 28, from Sacramento. Daryl W. King, 41, from Monesto. And Brendan Callahan, 18, from Milpitas, California. And the back cover, inside cover ads for Three Musketeers. 
And the back ad is for Toy Biz's X-Men action figures. There's Nightcrawler, uh, Storm, who I'm pretty sure we had Storm, uh, Cyclops in this Excalibur blue and white outfit, Wolverine, Archangel, Apocalypse, Juggernaut, and Magneto. Fully articulated between five to six inches. Imagine because Apocalypse and Juggernaut are bigger. Each come with accessories, action features, and Impel trading card. Plus, look for X-Men vehicles, playsets, accessory kits, and super-sized figures. Available at KB Toys, which I remember the mall in um, the Southgate Mall in uh, Yuma, Arizona, and how going to the KBs was like one of my favorite things to do as a kid. Right, the height of Ninja Turtles, like Batman 89 action figures, um, Ghostbuster toys, He-Man action figures, like just quintessential um, toys for my youth. And let's see here. Let's see what comics are coming out this week. The comics on sale is Wolverine 41. Um, Sensational She-Hulk 4. That looks like um, Crystal or maybe Mary Jane's guest starring. Spider-Man's Gang War is going on. Wherever Spider-Gwen Smash 2. I read the first issue, but Dazzler's in it, so that's exciting. Oh, yeah, Rise of the Powers of X, number one, that has uh, Kate, Shadow Kate on the cover. So that should be curious. K Karen Gillen's writing that, and Silva is the artist. Ultimate Spider-Man 1 with Hickman. And Giant Size Spider-Man 1, so... Ultimate Spider-Man just makes me excited for a regular um, Ultimate X-Men. So, that should be cool. So, Rise of the Powers of X, we'll probably do an issue four or uh, episode four. Um, I'll look forward to Spider-Gwen Smash 2 to see if Dazzler... I don't know. I can I don't know if Spider-Gwen's on our Earth or back on her planet. Like, what's going on? And I doubt I'd be curious by Wolverine at all. Oh, yeah, and it's the Sabertooth War, so I've already lost all interest in that. So, Rise of the Powers of X should be the thing we're most excited about. Um, But you can hear all my thoughts throughout the week at uh, Twitter at JackoSII. I'm not doing Blue Sky as much. I think last time I promoted an episode, I purposely was like, I'm not going to do Blue Sky. Um, one thing I learned about Twitter is that you can actually take an image and just like drop it into the, t your tweet box. And I was like, oh man, blue sky. And blue sky was like, no dog, we don't do that here. And it's like, oh, like what a convenient like interface. And so, I don't know. I guess I was just like, oh, yeah, I'm not really doing much. I'm not getting that many new followers, but also I'm not active on there. So I'm sure the two things are related. But thank you everyone for listening. Um, oh yeah, you can go to YouTube um, for Jack OSII. I need to come up with a. I th I'm I'm forming an idea for a new storyline because I think I do better with like, you know, some structure in my storytelling. So, um, so if I can get my act together and then get Walker D for, um, a partner in it, I think I can make a new cool new video. And so I'll see how that works out. So I'm, it's one of my brain things, right? Cause in the back of my head and then during like quiet hours, I will be like for minutes 
like start forming the actual like structure of the thing. So I'm like, all right, but I, I it's been in my head now, so I think I might be close to making it happen. So hopefully something on, and of course I'll promote it here when I drop the first episode. Um, but that is episode 101, Excalibur 42, and what's to expect this week? Which I sort of like the idea of doing um, formatting episodes like this. So, um, thank you everyone for listening, and um, please tell a friend to uh, listen and subscribe and review and rate and um, all the things you do with all your favorite podcasts. And hopefully soon I'll I'll join your list of favorites, and I'll talk to you next time. All right, everyone, thanks for listening. Bye.